So first of all, I want to issue a, a partial retraction and, and political olive branch. Many, many episodes ago, I was I tacked on a final segment in an episode where I was pretty rough on Colorado Congressman Ken Buck, who uh, I found out is, is retiring. Right? That's what he said. That's what the headline said. I didn't read it because there was a bear in my driveway, and I, f- I forgot what I was doing. But, yeah, Ken Buck's retiring. I think it's only right that I, I throw him a party. So I want to invite all of you down to the Fortress Monastery in Starkville, Colorado, for a send-off for Ken Buck. Um, I can't think of anything more American than not, not only his years of service, but also barbecue and Harley's. So we're going to have um, a, a rib eating contest. And then uh, around about dusk, we are going to, um, anyone who wants to enter, we have a, a decibel reader here. We're going to see who has the, the, the loudest Harley. We're all going to say thank you to Ken and thank him for his service. So don't forget, you're invited. November 7th, and just as a reminder, the, the hog eating starts at 1 o'clock. And, th- and then at, uh, f- at 4 o'clock, we're going to kick off the hog cranking. Nah, y'all, nah, y'all, uh-uh. I ain't disrespecting him. I'm just saying it happened to me. It can happen to him. This is Breakup Gaming Society. I am your host for Episode 70, the Colonel Hector Bravado. We talk about booze. We talk about a board game. And we leave you with a, uh, some, a review of a hip-hop track usually something from the golden era, which for me is from about 86 to 94. But you be the judge of what moves you. So yeah, drink of the week. We're going to talk about the virtues of stopping my complaints about off-the-shelf cinnamon whiskey and making your own. Then we're going to talk about something almost all of us have experienced, that is playing board games with a family member and what that was like for you. I'm going to share with you a story about the last time I ever saw my dad and the night that I taught this old pill how to play Splendor. And then we're going to keep highlighting tracks from the Breakup Gaming Society blog post, uh, um, 50 Golden Era Hip Hop Deep Cuts You Simply Must Experience. And we're going to talk about a track I'm going to give you five reasons to share my opinion uh, that uh, Don't Curse, the crew joint on Heavy D's album, why it was for me, at least, the absolute peak of the, the, the apotheosis of hip-hop's golden era. So if any of that sounds like fun to you, we're about to get into some hot, spicy, flavorful cinnamon whiskey right after this beat snippet. When it's, you know, Tuesday, you know, 10 after 9 on a weekday night in the cold months around Trinidad and Starkville, and there's, you're hungry and you don't want to cook, you're, you're going to the Shell Station or, you know, or Wendy's or Sonic. There ain't nothing else. So one of the things that living out here forces you to do is to get better at cooking. You just have to. 
And sometimes even the popular places, it'll hit your plate and you realize, I bet if I watch a few TikTok videos, combine it with what I already know on a stovetop, I can make it better. And you usually can. The nice part is this goes for uh, cinnamon whiskey too. We're moving into cold months where a big belt of brown liquor, some nice round spice and heat might be just what you needed. And I was frankly tired of playing roulette, buying these, in my opinion, too tame and too sweet shelf brands. So I spent some time on TikTok and I got a six ounce mason jar. I put a cinnamon stick in it and a dried arbol chili pepper, six ounces of tin cup. Screwed it tight, and uh, I think I on day two I gave it a shake, but just stuck it in a cabinet for three days. Took it out, filtered it into a hip flask, and, and took it to a, a gallery opening. Uh, my excellent buddy, Mark Johnstone, who has a micro gallery in his backyard over in the Allendale neighborhood, and, and brought it along to a party. I have to tell you, I'm borderline incompetent at a lot of things, but I'm telling you right now it, that this was such a good outcome. That, that tin cup, whatever, however it's blended, takes really well to the spicy add-ons. It was finally everything I wanted in a cinnamon whiskey. It was nice and hot. It had a beautiful, wholesome, and immediate spice flavor. It was life-changing. I cannot see ever again paying money for fireball or anything in the, that whole category it's just too easy uh, to do it yourself and and have the right whiskey flavor spice and heat and here's another thing because making this recipe helped me out as a cook because i have never really messed around with an arbol chili i was impressed this is a humble affordable and hard-working plant right here. I bought a bunch of them for pennies down at the uh, food co-op on Main Street in Trinidad. Had plenty to, to do my whiskey with, and then uh, I used it to make my own hot honey, which is tremendous. I've been th throwing it in uh, quick pick pickling recipes, ground one up, threw it in some pickled carrots I'm doing. And I still have seven, eight, or nine, nine of them left. I'm like, wow, this is just a low-key bounty. Boy, yeah. So yeah, arbol chili, cinnamon stick, some tin cup, mason jar, three days, and ba-boom. You've liberated yourself from the world of mediocre cinnamon whiskey. I'll see you in the promised land. Here comes Game of the Week. So my pops put a backhand or a belt on me a handful of times during my childhood. I mean, it was infrequent enough to where the instances remain vivid. It's not like, oh, yeah, that, that was a bad summer. I mean, it was a couple times. But, you know, but none of these stung as badly as that man's glare. So, so here's the thing about pops. He was an intense, depressive, and cerebral man whose look of uh, distinct unamusement once he fixed it on you, would freeze you solid. And, and for those of you who have had older family members who are like this, you'll also know what it's like when this kind of person is in a playful mood. Makes them triply irresistible. 
And so back on the farm in Missouri, you know, we did have a copy of Stratego. And he'd indulge me frequently in a game. I loved the concept of the game, and I loved having his attention. But, you know, true to form, he'd never hold back. He'd cheerfully gut me and announce by observing the way I moved my army pieces, which are supposed to, you know, be secret, hidden. All, the, all your army pieces, the, the, the face facing your opponent, are blank. And, uh, and you're supposed to be, you know, maneuvering around to uh, uh, capture his, you know, lower-ranking stuff, avoid stepping on bombs, and capture their flag. So you kind of have to deduce what they're doing. He could, he could read me like a book, and he'd kind of chuckle. He'd just point at a piece that I thought, you know, was tucked away furtively in there in the back, and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's your pennant. And I think that's, that's your marshal. And <laughs> you know, and I'd just go to pieces because he, he'd be right. He could read me in two or three moves. Oh, it's weird. It's quite an experience playing games with an older family, family member uh, who you both revere and fear. Because not only layered onto the natural, you know, sort of anxiety of trying to figure it out and trying to win, is you know the simultaneous need for approval, which kind of surpasses your interest in the game itself. So yeah, he was an unforgiving opponent, but he always played fair while he kicked my ass. And once it was time to play, he played, immersed himself in the experience. So after he passed. I went out to Missouri to claim some of his old books and records, and his wife you know, told me about some casual couple's card game they'd been invited to, and I guess Dad had stood up in the middle of the game, announced that two of the people at the table were cheating, and then refused to go there for cards ever again, which I could understand and respect. So I guess we had that in common. So fast forward to about 2015. He's come out to Colorado for a visit. It's the last night of his trip. And, you know, our house had dozens of hobby games and strategy games on our, on our shelf that we'd been playing with all our friends. And I wanted to, to, you know, show him I'd graduated and bring him into my world, you know, just once before he left. And I get him to sit down to an after-dinner round of Splendor. I'm not going to go into a big description of Splendor. It's just a game everybody should own. I don't care if you think of yourself as in nerd culture or a gamer, you should just own it. There's absolutely no downside to, to owning it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a hit, and it remains on my table to this day for a reason. Anyway, he seemed not the least bit charmed about being challenged to the game. I start explaining, you know, a turn is simple. You just take one of four available actions. I started explaining, after I'd explained, you know, the general concept and set up the game, and he just sat there, with his jaw square. And after everything I'd explained, he'd just shake his head. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, but it's just one of four actions. I don't get it. I was sort of crestfallen. Well, I was until the moment he gutted me. Uh, to, To win, you have to get 15 victory points. And during this game, he hit 15 victory points while my strategy guttered. You know, and then at last, I get this little glint of pleasure from him. He showed me the three cards he'd been holding in reserve practically the whole game. All ones I needed. That cagey old bastard, he pretended not, to not really understand the game. Then he ran an effective resource denial play on me 
while building a more efficient, more high-scoring game than I did. And he kind of chuckled. He's like, I figured you'd be looking for those. I don't know if he was pleased with the game, but he was certainly pleased with himself. <laughs> but uh, that, was the, that night was the last time I saw him. And when, what can you say except, well played, you old fucking weirdo. Here comes track of the week. Okay, so track of the week. Today we are going to focus about number 23 off of Breakup Gaming Society's 50 Golden Era Hip Hop Deep Cuts You Simply Must Experience. They're all on the blog, so is the uh, link to the playlist. Bon Appetit. We're talking about number 23 today. That's Don't Curse by Heavy D, featuring Pete Rock and CL Smooth, Cool G Rap, Grand Poobah, Big Daddy Kane, and Q-Tip. I'm going to give you five reasons why this 1991 track off the Hevster's Peaceful Journey LP is the peak of everything that's great about hip-hop's golden era. And second of all, before I stumble into a debate with hip-hop heads, I'm going to admit that the Colonel Hector Bravado's golden era might not be the same as your golden era. That's okay. We all observe the world through an emotional and temporal pinhole. And here's the most beautiful thing I see through mine, and I'm not going to argue with anybody about how it makes me feel. Leave me alone. Reason number one, great tempo and a swinging Booker T in the MG sample. I notice a lot of my favorite crew joints work like this. The producer, the great Pete Rock in this instance, will just lay down a groove and let it run. And you won't hear a lot of breakdowns or switch-ups or scratches. It's merely laid down as an effective arena for a seven-mic, eight-verse workout. I don't know about you, but here comes a little fragment. This and Heavy D's showmanship on the intro get me ready for a party. This one definitely goes out on a censorship tip. So everybody sit back, relax, and have a champagne sip. We're going to teach these people out there who are against saying what we want to say the right way. Number two, the theme and the spirit of this track. As we know, the exercise by the from we know from reading the title is Don't Curse. And it's a blast to hear how each rapper, each one a legend, each one gifted, well, except for Pete Rock, but you know, this is producers get to have verses when they do the track. That's just the way it goes. Uh, how each rapper interprets the ins- the assignment. Uh, some like Seal Smooth and you know Heavy D just talk about how not cussing is part of their natural shtick and their ethos. The hardcore dudes like Cool G Rap use their bars as a platform to give the middle finger to anybody who wants to crimp his style. He's letting you know that he's gonna play nice for today, but it's back to street shit on the next track. Every word that you heard, of course, I didn't give up. Aw, shucks. And hey, yo, I almost forgot. The curse is a block, but it's getting kind of hot. So I'ma let profanity retire. Hey, but if worse come to worse, I'll cut you out like Richard Pryor. So grand poop will kick up first. But do your man a favor and don't curse. Three. Grand Poobah's verse. He takes the old trick of saying the word fuck backwards. Koof and turns it into a fun little slang lesson 
while skirting the edges of taste, all in his like conversational and mocking and playful cadence. What does he say? For those who can't follow and got stuck, Koof flipped the other way means, and then somebody comes in and goes, <clears throat> I think it's fun. This guy just had style to burn. Take it away, Grand Poop. I won't curse. I'll take a famous curse word and just say Koof. Koof flipped around the other way means, huh? Boy, when I do it, see, I can't get stuck. Jump on a mic, then I earn a quick buck. Buck meaning loot. Then I grab some boots and step with my troops. For those who can't follow and got stuck, Koof flipped the other way means, <coughs> is this a curse? I freak the nurse in a hearse, but I made sure I had my hat first. Number four, Big Daddy Kane's verse. What a gift to hip-hop he was, still is, and will always be. Uh, Kane's thesis in his verse is that parental advisory stickers are bullshit, but he simply has too much talent for censorship to uh, be any kind of impediment to him. What does he say? So capital rhymes are too tragical for any source to stop Kane from getting capital? If I thought sticking me was dissing me, don't you know this would be worse than Stephen King's misery? Oh, boy. You know, if, if you watch the video, he calmly kicks his verse in what looks like a purple paisley suit with some kind of matador cape. If, if you're not the cane, don't try that. Chill, chill, say what? Two magical rhymes are too tragical for any source to stop came from getting capital. If I thought sticking me was dissing me, man, don't you know that this would be worse than Stephen King's misery? So clean off my vanity, stealing it all the matter be, rocking any microphone you had to me. So heavy D, I'm about to disperse, I kick another verse, and don't forget not to curse. Hey, yo, Big Daddy, check this out. I'm about to do some more sly, slick, smooth Number five. I usually consider a music video to be a distraction to experiencing a track, but go watch this video. It has this slapdash, slapstick feel to it, with Heavy D introducing you to a two-room set where you can kind of see the tops of the walls, and, and, and the, when the camera pans in on the establishing shot, the borders of this little set they made, which somehow makes it all work even better. And then they fill these two little very stagey rooms with hot girls dancing and dudes arguing over a poker game and more, you know, while the camera picks out the guest rappers who are posted up in this corner or that corner of a room, um, you know, ready to, to do their verse. And then, you know, there's also card girls, like you see at a boxing match, drift by, and they're holding up markers for bleeped words and other stuff. It's rollicking, kinetic, unpretentious, clever, and a perfect companion to this track, which is, in my opinion, the very best of what made the golden era golden. That's the end of episode 70. You rode with me, and I appreciate you for it. Once again, um, if you want to avail yourself the project where we wrote up 50 deep uh, golden era deep cuts that you either forgot about or need to find out about, come over to BreakupGamingSociety.com visit my blog. Until next time, this is the Colonel Hector Bravado, your host and friend, saying, may you fight long and well. Flim, flam, flim, lick my big black stuff. Must I kick a curse to be rough enough? You can put the sticker where the sun don't shine, so back off and let me get mine. Visions in my head, one is dealing with hits. If I have four girls, then I'll lick eight hits. Wait.